Welcome, welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host, and we haven't had an episode of the Red Skelton Show for a while. We played one over Christmas and we played one over New Year, and it's been a while, and we got some great reaction to the ones that we played because Red Skelton is pretty timeless and pretty darn funny. Most people today do not know who he was. He survived into the early 90s, I believe. I saw him in in a show in Anaheim, California in the mid-80s, and he would come out and he would do his characters live on stage. He even did The Mean Widow Kid live on stage, which was quite interesting to watch how he changed clothes and became a little boy. Uh, Mr. Skelton was quite the showman, quite the patriot as well. Some of you may remember that he did a version of the Pledge of Allegiance in 1968 or 69 that actually became a top 100 best-selling record in America where he recited the Pledge of Allegiance and kind of did a little patriotic thing about why it was important. But back in 1946, Mr. Skelton was the new star at MGM as far as comedians. MGM didn't have too many comedians, but Red Red Skelton was their new star, and he made some films, but he mostly found success in radio and loved radio and would perform at his best on his weekly radio show, doing some ad-libbing, as you'll hear, and also just, I think he saved the very best jokes for his radio show. So here from January 15th, 1946, right into the new year of 1946, we have a Red Skelton show. I'd rather have a Raleigh. 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 Because Raleigh are right. Right for taste and right for throat. The Raleigh Cigarette Program, starring Red Skelton with Gigi Pearson, Verna Felton, our tiny singer Anita Ellis, Pat McGee and David Forrester in his orchestra, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. It's a pleasure to bring you Metro-Golden-Mayer's popular comedian and the star of the Raleigh Cigarette Program, Red Skelton! Thank you very much, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Red. Hello, Rod. Hello, Red. Hello, hello Rod. Hello, Rod. Hello, Red. Hello, Rod. Boy, I'll bet Bob Hope wish he had material like that. <laughs> hey, Rod, did you hear the good news? I found a place to live. You really found a place to live? Yeah, but I don't know what I'll do if Lassie comes home. <laughs> well, say, Red, uh, where did you get that black eye? Oh, the black eye? Oh, well, that's a little thing I picked up in a department store. Were you in a fight? No, at a bargain sale. <laughs> Boy, clothes are really sure hard to get. You know, I went into one men's store, and I told the clerk that I wanted a new suit. What'd he say? Oh, nothing. He just stood there in his DVDs and laughed. <laughs> well, you know, you should have bought something for this nice California spring weather. Yes, have we? <laughs> spring weather.
weather. You know, it's been so cold out here in California. The other night, Veronica Lake frozen over. <laughs> a new way to use the English language. Right? No kidding, I drove to the studio tonight and I saw a good humor man selling hot bricks. Well, you know, I read where you're going to Philadelphia tonight to present the Poor Richard Award to Ted Gamble. That's right. Good old Philadelphia, the home of independence. Yeah, with a branch office in Reno. <laughs> yeah, Reno's the world's largest separation center, you know. Well, you know, poor Richard was Benjamin Franklin. Yes. There was a great man with great sayings. Yeah. You know, I love his saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, the United Steel Workers are using one of his sayings as a slogan. Strike while the iron is hot. <laughs> great saying. Hello, Rad. Hello, Rod. Say, I mean, uh... hello, Dave. <laughs> say, uh, where'd you get the black eye? Oh, the black eye? Well, I'd rather not talk about it. It wasn't important. What do you want to say, uh, David? Well, uh, speaking of Benjamin Franklin... Have you heard the saying, a fool and his $51 soon part <laughs> if he's a gun collector? <laughs> yes, I uh, heard that. <laughs> well, say when you were held up, Red, were you nervous? Nervous? I was shaking so bad, I had a glass of milk, and I stuck my hand up, and when I pulled it down, I had a pound of butter. <laughs> Well, what kind of a gun is a P-38 Luger? Well, you've heard of guns that shoot three miles and then throw rocks at you? Yeah. Well, one of these guns uh, shoots three miles, throws rocks at you, and then fleeces up the area. <laughs> oh, hello, Red. Oh, hello, Anita. Say, you look a little nervous. What's wrong with you? Well, when I got to the studio, some man chased me clear across the parking lot. No kidding. That's awful. Did you see who it was? No, it was too dark. But I fixed him. I pulled off my shoe and hit him in the eye. Oh. <laughs> in the eye, huh? Well, let's talk about Raleigh's Car A Day contest now, huh? Well, today is the last day, you know. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, tonight ends the Raleigh's Cigarette Car A Day contest. In behalf of all of us, I want to thank you wonderful people for your interest in this contest. We're only sorry that it wasn't possible to give every one of you a new Chevrolet. But we do have a couple of more winners. Here's the winner of January 11th, Miss Norma Spaulding of Indianapolis, Indiana. Congratulations, Miss Spaulding. And here's the winner for January 12th, Mr. W.R. Hill of Chanute, Kansas. Congratulations, Mr. Hill. More winners will be announced tomorrow night on the Hildegard Show. Be sure to listen. Now, medical science offers you proof positive. Yes, medical science offers you proof positive. No other cigarette is better to smoke. No other cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars than the new, smoother, better-tasting Raleigh. Yes, Raleigh's are right. Right for taste and right for throat. For medical science now offers you proof positive. No other cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars. No other is better to smoke. So next time, ask for Raleigh's. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And now, lovely Anita Ellis sings, Aren't You Glad You're You? Every time you're near a rose, aren't you glad you've got a nose? And if the dawn is fresh with dew, aren't you glad you're you? When a meadowlark appears Aren't you glad you've got two ears? 
And if your heart is singing too, aren't you glad you're you? You can see a summer sky, or touch a friendly hand, or taste an apple pie. Pardon the grammar, but ain't life grand? And when you wake up each morn, aren't you glad that you were born? Think what you've got the whole day through, aren't you glad you're you? see a summer sky or touch a friendly hand or taste an apple pie pardon the grammar but ain't life grand and when you wake up each morn aren't you glad that you were born Think what you've got the whole day through. Aren't you glad you're you? Aren't you glad you're you? story from our skeleton scrapbook of satire is entitled Local Department Stores. Our characters are fictional. If there's any similarity of persons living, they must be characters. <laughs> Chapter 57 is entitled Nylon Counter. Most people think a department store clerk's life is a happy one. But in the locker room, we can always find the manager giving the sales force a pep talk. Good morning, good morning. I wasn't the traffic awful this morning. Cars were parked so close that... Goodness me. Well, cars were parked so close this morning. I, I don't know what I'm doing in the music department here. This you know, I took out my hand to make a left turn and somebody shook it. Stole my engagement ring, too. That's dirty. Mr. Numskull, do you yeah. realize that you're late again? What's your excuse this time? I had to go back for a package of rolling cigarettes. Now, let's see you bowl me out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go ahead. Well, in the future, be on time. Oh. We're installing a new time clock. If you punch it late, it punches you back. Yeah. <laughs> now, clerks, pay attention. Today is the opening of our big clearance sale. Oh. Miss Dowd, you'll be in women's shoes department. Yes, sir. Jay Newton Numskull. Yes, sir. You'll work the nylon stocking counter. Holly Vogue nylon stocking counter? <laughs> you mean Murder Incorporated. <laughs> you can't do this to me. I was assigned to limited duty. Other men have done it? <laughs> I said other men have done it. Yeah, but they were expendable. <laughs> You're such a weakling. I don't see how you got through our basic training course. Well, I should have never let you talk me out of enlisting in that Army and Navy store. <laughs> <laughs> well, buck up, Newton. Remember, ours is not to reason why. Ours is but to do and die. Well, wait a minute. I got a wife and child. I haven't lived yet. Why don't you let Sneer do it? He's tasted butter. LAUGHTER 
sorry, nylon stockings. Oh, you can't do this to me. I'll do anything you say. Even water your coronation in your lapel during my lunch hour. But please, don't you realize I'm not a strong man? Remember what happened to Quigley? Oh, it was horrible, it was. <laughs> he didn't last through 10 sales. And I saw those women outside when I came to work this morning. Spike heels and long red fingernails. <laughs> they ain't human, I tell you. They ain't human. <laughs> I beg of you, don't put me on the, the nylon counters. <laughs> you slapped me. I'm sorry I had to hit you, old man. But you have your orders. If you don't carry them out, I'll have to assign you to KP. No, not Kitty's plaything. <laughs> no, no. All right, clerk, set your watches. Another minute till a zero hour. Oh, let him come. I can't stand it. Rally, I can't stand it. He fainted. <laughs> Maybe we're being punished for the way we treated customers during the war. <laughs> Ready, everyone? I'm going to open the door. Let him come! Let him come. <laughs> Chapter 58 is entitled, Sotteville Shoplifters. At one time or another during our shopping career, we've come in contact with a clerk who's inefficient, or slow, or appears stupid, or clemcadiddlehopper. Ready for the big sale today. I'll check the cash register here. Now, let's see. How much have we taken in so far today? $3.50. <laughs> Another $1.50, I can start working for the store. <laughs> Boy, what a sale. Everything is 50% off. Except me, of course. <laughs> I'm 100% that way. <laughs> oh, here's a customer. <clears throat> Howdy doody, ma'am. What can I do for you for? Well, I don't know just yet. <laughs> I'm trying to pick out something for my husband's birthday. Oh? If you were my husband, what would you want? A divorce if I could get it. <laughs> now, uh, let me see. Do you have any smoking jackets? Well, any what? <laughs> smoking jackets. No, we got some old bathrobes back here and a box of matches. <laughs> That's too fast for her. She didn't get it. I think I'll take that shirt. How much is it? That's four dollars. Four dollars for a shirt like that? Well, what are you kicking about? They cost five. Well, if they cost five and you sell them for four, how do you make any money? We own the parking lot at Santa Anita. <laughs> well, some women are so dumb. You know. Did you get a job in this store anyway? Well, he needed someone with enough personality to keep the window dummies company. 
I barely passed the test, of course. I'm going to report you. Where can I find the manager of the store? He's out shopping. Why doesn't he shop here? His credit ain't no good. <laughs> Howdy, Claire. Well, Sarah, do. Howdy duty to you, too. <laughs> She dumb. She can't even spell butter. Tom, you're a moron. And I made it without any help from you. <laughs> Look, Cornfed, don't insult me, or I'll slap you so hard your teeth will rattle. Oh, yeah, well, I dare you. I would like to see you do this, to coin a phrase. Oh. Well, that's what I like, is a woman who will take orders. <laughs> Don't care. I'm a little nervous. Uh, uh, why'd you like to have lunch with me? Hmm? Well, what time is it, Clay? Well, it's about. That's funny. My watch is gone. My Mickey Mouse took a powder. <laughs> I've been robbed, but my quarter for lunch is gone, too. <laughs> oh, oh, and my gold plated pencil. Well, he's gone, too. There's a pickpocket in the store. Oh, yesterday there were some complaints about pickpockets, too. They were picking the pockets of the pickpockets. <laughs> Well, we'll find out. Come on, I'm on her trail. Come on. Go in here. Hey, Mr. McGinn, did you see a big woman with a voice like an echo? Yes, I was just showing her this piano. What piano? Good heavens, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right, Clem. She's our man. She's a kleptomaniac. Well, politics ain't gonna help her. <laughs> Maybe she's in this reducing department over here. Come on, you know what, dear? I lost four pounds. And we know who took her. <laughs> Come on, let's go get her. Come on. Well, hurry up, Clay, before she gets away. Let's take this elevator. Maybe she'll get on there. Well, Clay, you're supposed to open the doors first. This ain't no time for details. <laughs> Come on, let's get on the elevator. Boy, that dirty thief stole the elevator. <laughs> Medical science offers you proof positive. Yes, medical science offers you proof positive. No other leading cigarette is better to smoke. No other cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars than the new, smoother, better-tasting Raleigh. Ed Sullivan, famous newspaper columnist, says, quote, Raleigh's are right. I've studied the tests, and it's true. Medical science has proved no other cigarette can beat Raleigh's for less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars, for actually better smoking. Yes, man after man, and lovely ladies, too, say Raleigh's are right. And no wonder. Exhaustive scientific tests of America's six biggest-selling brands, certified by eight distinguished doctors, including eminent throat specialists, have just proved conclusively no other cigarette gives you less nicotine less throat-irritating tars. No other is actually better to smoke. See if you two don't agree, Raleigh's are right. Right for taste and right for throat. Try Raleigh's. Enjoy Raleigh's rich tobacco. That milder, smoother, more satisfying Raleigh flavor. 
Remember, medical science now offers you proof positive. No other leading cigarette is better to smoke. No other cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars than the new, smoother, better-tasting Raleigh. Now to Chapter 60, a new musical picture beautifully blended by David Forrester and his orchestra entitled Sympathy. Chapter 59 in our Skelton scrapbook is entitled Children's Department. When a clerk is bad, he's punished by having to work in the children's department. And it's considered capital punishment when a customer like Junior, the mean little kid, comes in. <laughs> Now, we're going into this store to buy you some shoes. Okay, And I know you're going to behave, aren't you? <laughs> you know, at times that trusting old soul talks like a stranger in town. <laughs> <laughs> Junior. Yes, Grandma. Go sit down while Grandma looks at some socks for your grandfather. Okay, kiddo. Oh, boy. Oh, look at that big stack of shoe boxes. Mm. 
Water. I wonder what would happen if I accidentally bumped into him on purpose. Huh? <laughs> maybe Grandma wouldn't see me, huh? And then again, maybe she would. And then again, I don't know why I was wasting my time thinking about it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Here goes the bottom box. <laughs> Uh, what happened? I don't know. Take it up with the fact-finding board. I don't know. <laughs> All these boxes fall down. They just fell, did they? Yeah, they just fell. And you had nothing to do with them falling? They, they fell. I was standing here and I uh, was... And, uh, uh -huh. Oh, I might have nudged them a widow, you know. <laughs> But a thought. Yeah. Now sit down and act like a little gentleman. No. <laughs> okay. Pretty bright today, aren't you, Junior? Yeah, you're going to buy me some shoes, are you, Grandma? Yes, dear. <laughs> and when you get your new shoes, I want you to be a little more careful with them. Yeah, is they going to fit me this time, or do I have to grow into them again? <laughs> Granny knows what's best for you. Can I have some cowboy boots like Roy Rogers wears? Hmm? If you don't stop kicking tin cans, I'll get you some like his horse Trigger wears. I am a Well, 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 well. Good morning, madame. Yeah. We'd, uh, we'd like to see some shoes for the little boy. Yeah. For the little boy? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, then, how would you like some pumps? You mean those patent leather shoes? Uh, yes. With little bows in the front? Yes. Very thin soles? Yes. Wouldn't wear a pair to a dog fight. <laughs> I like them cowboy boots like Roy Rogers wear. I see. Well, right. now, let me see. I I think I have something that you will like here. Well, that's neighborly. Let's see, how about some nice white shoes? Oh, no. Black or brown will be better for him. Well, get me some white ones. I can darken them in no time. <laughs> Now, here, let, let, let's try these here on okay, for size. Now, okay. now, give me your foot. Take your shoes off there. Take them off. Okay. What, untie them first? Because <laughs> <laughs> you almost pulled me with a leg off. Well, I'm, I'm very, very sorry. Here, give me your foot. No, 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 no. No, come on, give me your foot. We'll no, try no, the no, shoes no, on no, them. No, no, give me no, your foot. No, let go of me, but I'm tickly. Oh, come on. No, 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 I can't tell anybody that's the bottom of me. Well, Sonny, try to stand it for just a second. Give me your... Stop kicking me in the face! Junior, Junior, quit it this very minute. Well, where did my uppers go? <laughs> there he is on the end of my foot. There, snapping him. Look at him sneer. Look at him sneer. Junior, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> Well, now, really, Grandma, does I look like the type of a little boy that would do something like that on purpose? Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't get very far that time. <laughs> hey, how about my cowboy boots like Roy Rogers wear? I'd like to give you some boots where they do the most good. Yeah, I got that. Go ahead. <laughs> Put this shoe on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> look at that shoe. Look what it's doing to me. And I'll teach it. I'll show that shoe. What? <laughs> No. Good heavens, why did you throw that shoe through the showcase? Ah, oh, Jesus, just stick his tongue out at me. <laughs> anyway, I don't want shoes. I want a pair of boots like Roy Rogers wears. All right, all right. If you really want them, try them on. 
I don't think that practical, but anything to get you home in a hurry. <laughs> oh, Granny, you wouldn't whip me. You were just kidding me. Oh, no? Well, you just keep laughing, kiddo, that's all. <laughs> now, try those boots on. Okay, I will. <clears throat> They're, oh boy, they just like Roy Rogers wears. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, you can walk in them, but uh, be careful. The bottom's awfully slippery. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Karloff, I know what you're hoping. But don't worry, I don't fall down. No worry. The high heels up. No, no, no. Oh, I didn't fall, I didn't fall, I didn't fall. I just lay down on the floor to catch my breath. <laughs> I didn't fall. It wasn't the boots' fault, really. It wasn't. Don't take the boots away from me. I love. I learned to walk in my way. Please, I want the boots so bad. Oh, don't. Don't take the boots away from don't. me. No. I always did this like boy water. Poor man. baby. Wanted the boots so bad. Yes, he wants the boots so bad. Bless his little heart. Yeah, bless his little heart. <laughs> Stop crying. I want the boots. Will you take those? I want the boots so bad. Wrap them up. Oh, yes, ma'am. Well, now, really, you shouldn't have done it, Grandma. You know. <laughs> and I'll make out the bill for the boots and one showcase. Oh. Hmm. Well, hey, Grandma, what made you change your mind? Why are you going to buy me the boots now? Hmm? Well, I changed because of the picture poster on the wall of that little child. Really? Mm. Boy, what kind of shoes is that little kid wearing? I never seen nothing like that before. What is them? Those are special shoes with braces. Really? That little child has infantile paralysis. It's a dreadful disease that takes hold when we least expect it. It's our most deadly enemy. Well, why don't the people do something about it to stop it? They stop the Germans and the Japs, they do. They're doing everything they can, but it takes money. You mean they has to ask grown-up people to give money for something so important? You know, Grandma Kiddo, sometimes I'm afraid to grow up, you know. I might get like some of them people. Everybody seems to want something in return for a little money nowadays, don't they, hmm? Junior, in this case, for every cent that's given to the March of Dimes, something better than money is received in return. Good health for a lot of little children. Well, Grandma, I tell you what, what, you take the boots and t tell them not to wrap them up. You send that money to them little kids, because I really don't need the boots, you know. You send the money to the March of Dimes, and then the next time I see some little kid who's well and running down the street, I will say to myself, well, there goes me cowboy boots like Roy Watson. <laughs> Red Skelton, David Forrester, and his orchestra, Anita Ellis, Turner Felton, Gigi Pearson, Pat McGeehan, and yours, Julie Rod O'Connor. Until next Tuesday, then, this is Red Skelton saying goodbye now, and thanks for listening, and remember the March of Dimes. And remember, listen to Hildegard tomorrow night, and the people are funny without Linkletter Friday night over most of these stations. Red Skelton is heard in this program through the courtesy of Metro-Golden-Mayer. <laughs> Sir Walter Raleigh, that's the tobacco that leaves your pipe clean as a whistle. It's carefully blended from rich, ripe burleys and mellowed with just a touch of rum to enhance a natural, full-bodied flavor. Get Sir Walter Raleigh, the quality pipe tobacco of America. Red Skelton is brought to you by the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation.
This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. All right, with those NBC chimes to close us off, that was the January 15th, 1946 version of the Red Skelton Show. Again, talking about housing shortages, clothing shortages, and a little reference to Ed Sullivan. Did you catch the reference to Ed Sullivan, who was identified by the announcer as a famous newspaper columnist, because for those of you who don't know, Red Skelton, not Red Skelton, Ed Sullivan started out in the mid-30s as a newspaper columnist, continued in that role for many, many years, and then in the 60s became huge on American television, introduced the Beatles and all kinds of other uh, acts to American television, and then kind of vanished in the early 70s. I don't know if he, I remember if he died or he just went off the air. But anyway, that's uh, Ed Sullivan, and he was referenced in this 1946 uh, Red Skelton broadcast. All right, back again next Tuesday with more drama, variety, and comedy. Please, if you like what you hear on these shows, please rate and review this podcast so that more people can have it pass by their eyes and say, hmm, that sounds interesting. I think I'll listen to that. And then we pick up new listeners. We've been picking up new listeners every week for weeks and weeks, but we need to keep on going because we want to get everybody listening to old time radio shows. Okay, until uh, Tuesday and or Thursday, this is John Tefteller saying goodbye. Goodbye.